welcome back to the Author Accountability Podcast. I'm Donna, and with me here today is Julia Scott. Welcome, Julia. Back, actually. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited to be here again. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, in researching, well, not really researching, and preparing for, for no, this No, you stalked podcast. me. It's okay, yes. you can admit it. <laughs> that is true. I did admit this before we, we started recording. Um, uh, I've... I did stalk you on Instagram a little bit and I, I listened to, there we go there. I did it again. I said, watch instead of listen. I <laughs> listened to the uh, interview you did with Rianne. And as I said before, we have a lot in common actually in terms of how we started writing and presently our situation, working from home with kids. So as again, I will I'll repeat for the, for the listeners benefit. I, I really feel a bit of a kindred spirit in you, which is very exciting for me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do like that. And there's a lot of us writers mums about, which is which is nice. It's nice to have that connection with people on Instagram, especially yeah. um, just to know that you're not alone because it can feel like a very lonely place to be sometimes. I 100% agree. It, it is, um, I must say, it's something that I have to now consciously make an effort to leave the house from time to time so I can actually just see the outside world a little bit <laughs> yeah no it's still there it's still a mess but it's still there <laughs> yeah. no 100% true so we this is the first time we're meeting so mm -hmm. have you always worked from home or did you have a profession prior or anything like that of what are, are oh, you good question um, am I qualified? And everything? I have a geography degree. Um, so I, I did a, a degree in physical and environmental geography. And then I worked for the fire service for a little while doing their mapping um, here in the UK, in my local region. And then when I had my kids, I stayed with them. So Lovely. I became a stay at home mum, but kind of a work at home mum the whole time. I guess I didn't want to just be mum. So I tried to find things to do. Um, I kind of started off with some graphic design work. Um, this was a long while ago. Obviously, my, my eldest is 12 now. So we're, we're talking a whole decade ago, um, <laughs> which is crazy, really. Like, I can't believe where the years have gone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I kind of I found, you know, network marketing businesses to get involved with. And I did a little bits of this and little bits of that. But then um, in 2018, I decided to write a book, as you do. So that's that's when this particular part of my journey began. That's amazing. And and uh, in listening to, as I said, the previous episode, um, I'll repeat here for those who haven't heard that episode. So your story was that you hadn't set out to be an author, but you had a dream and you told someone about it. And they said, or no, rather, you thought that it would make a good book or a movie correct is that yeah um, yeah keep mm -hmm. remembering that correct so for me it was almost identical in fact I um, had a very strange dream and I told my sister about it and she said you know what that would be a good book and I thought you know what she is so right maybe I should write it <laughs> so that's, yeah, and that's kind of how I, I landed up here <laughs> I mean, this is part of where my imposter syndrome comes in. And I talk about imposter syndrome a lot because it happens to a lot of writers. But for me, it's like um, being surrounded by people in the Instagram writing community, for example, who have wanted to write since they were four or, you know, they've been writing since they were a teenager. I'm like, that's just not me. I've never wanted to be a writer. It's never been like a big goal of mine or anything. Um, 
I just kind of thought, yeah, this would make a really good book. I might give that a go. Mm. And while I had the opportunity, I thought I'll do that. And um, NaNoWriMo came around and I'd never heard of it before. And that was in 2018. And I thought I'll give it a go. So I wrote the whole thing in a month and a half and then published it about four months later. (laughs) That is a remarkable story. It really is because... It's, it's amazing how life takes you to places that you never thought that you would go. And for me, it was slightly different in that I've always enjoyed reading um, just as a hobby and being, I was in school, not a very sporty kid. I was, I kind of just tried to stay away from physical activity as much as possible. <laughs> Honestly, I just did not enjoy it. I don't like being hot and sweaty and just makes me uncomfortable so um which as i said earlier makes my present situation even more difficult yeah um, you're in the middle of summer aren't you <laughs> yeah so i i kind of i've always loved reading but i never really thought of writing as a viable thing to actually do um you know you kind of raised to do a in in quotes real job you know and so I was all set out to do this and do that. And as these things happen, you know, you start studying and I didn't like the course that I was on. And, and then I stopped studying and, um, and got married. And then I was working admin, which I absolutely hate with every fiber of my being. I yeah. <laughs> despise admin work. But I decided to help my husband with his business. And during that time, was when, as I said, I had this dream and I thought, oh, you know what, that's a really good story. My sister said it was a good a good idea as well. And so I started writing and then studying again at the same time as well as working. And eventually I thought, you know what, something's got to give and had many, many discussions with my husband and we decided that it would best for our both for our relationship and for the future I pursued what I wanted to do and we got someone else more qualified in the business as the business was growing past my capabilities and so we got someone else in and I carried on you know just doing my thing writing and and such and now that I have a child it's very difficult for me to not feel like I have wasted the time that I had before just working from home but try yeah because writing when you have kids is a whole different ball game and I mean mine mine are older obviously so um they aren't so much of a challenge (laughs) um but I am home educating my eldest son uh I say my eldest son he's my only son because my other's a daughter um (laughs) but she'll she'll be home educated from September as well so I'll have both of them home again kind of permanently till they move out so trying to fit in writing it's not necessarily finding the time it's just finding the brain space Mm. like Uh, sometimes you know you have the time to write but you sit down and you're like I just I'm so burnt out from everything else in life where can I grab this creativity from at this point or the energy or you know that kind of thing it's (laughs) It's it's like you're plucking the thoughts out of my brain (laughs) I 100% agree with you and it's it's difficult to explain to someone who is not um caregiving uh, for a child or even I'd, I would even venture to say like a, a family member who perhaps is is needs the help um, on a permanent basis because it is it's a it's a very heavy mental weight um, 
But before we get all completely off track, because Sorry. I am, I have a tendency to do so. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> should we talk about our works in progress? What are what are you working on at the moment? So I have written a young adult trilogy. It's a science fantasy called the Mirror Souls trilogy. Um, I have published the first two books, and I'm currently finishing off the third book. So. It's, it's kind of happened a bit weird because I booked my editor and I fully planned to have my manuscript ready for my editor. And it, it wasn't because I was struggling so badly trying to write the ending of this. Um, I just got stuck in some parts of it. And then life and uh, coronavirus, am I allowed to mention that word? I got, yes, I, caught, I got COVID in October. So that kind of, that threw me for like a month, but it took me a long time to recover from that. Um, and so I had to give my editor an unfinished manuscript, which I have never done before. Oh. <laughs> and they were like, you know, it's fine. I'll just work on this part. And, and you know, mm. when the rest of it's ready, I'll work on that. So my editor is truly amazing. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of editing the start of this book and finishing writing the ending of it, <laughs> which is really weird. But it's, it's working out and hopefully it will be published soon because mm. I want it done. No, I, I agree with you. I've been working on my primary project. Uh, we call her No Title Nancy because she has no title. Oh, sometimes <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, so with NTN, I've also been working on it for a very long time, but it's also been a journey for me to, it's kind of been the project that I'm learning with as well. So learning not just about writing, but about my own process and that kind of thing. So in that regard, it's taken me much longer to, to get to any kind of semblance of manuscript, which I finally have now, but now I'm having to revise, which is the absolute bane of my existence. <laughs> oh, see, I, I much prefer editing to drafting. I don't know why. I just would rather like take my words and make them better rather than trying to find new ones from nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It is, but it's the state that you find yourself in now, as you were describing, it, I thought it was a very unique opportunity because you are still in that creative area of drafting, um, but your editor's got the other part. And so if there's changes, that you want to make major changes as you are writing and perhaps you get a new idea, you are, you can do it, which is actually quite interesting because it's usually when you're working with someone else in that regard, it's a, it's kind of all you hand it over and then you take it back when they've finished with it. But it's kind of a bit more of a free flowing process that you guys have got, yeah, going, which is great. It is interesting because um, my editor picked up on the fact that I just wasn't writing in the voice of my main character anymore. I'd kind of moved away from it. And I think that's that's my own personal progression of kind of moving away from young adult. Mm. Um, I think a lot of authors seem to start in young adult because it's safe. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case for everybody, but I feel like it was for me a bit in that I know I know YA. I know how it should sound. Um and it seems easier to me to write young adult characters because perhaps because they're less complex, they just have simpler problems. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and, and obviously I've been through the young ad adult stage in my own life because, you mm. know, I'm, I'm way past that. And um, so I know, you know, I know how, how young adults should feel. But I think now that I'm on my third book, 
I'm kind of progressing and thinking actually I want to write more adult books rather than young adult and um yeah I think that kind of slipped into my writing and my editor was like mm, you're not writing this like the other two books so that's helpful because now that I'm finishing the ending I can make sure I'm writing the way I'm supposed to be. No that completely makes sense and I do agree with you on that front of of why kind of being almost oh we're gonna maybe offend some people here but it is right it is, oh, well. almost, it is almost a bit of a safe space because firstly I mean your readers aren't nearly as judgmental let's be honest <laughs> yeah and um yeah as you said young adults problems and um things that you would insert to be relevant and um that they identify with are a lot less complex than yeah you know than adult problems oh that sounded very <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean maybe it's not quite as black and white as that yeah. but um I'm sure people know what we mean, but I think that, I mean, it is still tricky writing YA as, you know, I'm, I'm coming up to my forties and I'm writing characters who are 17. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously when I was 17, it was a long time ago and, um, <laughs> you know, times have changed and language has changed and mm. the way young people speak, especially um, changes. But the challenge I have had is that I'm writing my books in, American English instead of British English oh. which <laughs> which has been fascinating actually because obviously my editor is American mm. and they keep pointing out things to me that are like yeah I have no idea what you mean what what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> that is a struggle uh, though isn't it because if you're for, for instance if you're selling your book on Amazon I suppose it's almost expected that it would be in American English because I've also decided to use British English to mm. um, to do my manuscript, which is strange because in South Africa, uh, both are accepted. Um, but when I was younger, um, British English was, at least in terms of spelling, that was taught when I was in school. I don't know what it's like now. I'll, I'll obviously find out in a few years' time when, when M goes to school. But um, when I was in school, we were taught... British spelling and British English so like lift as as opposed to elevator and like you know that those kind of things so yeah it is it, I've been gone back and forth even now with a fully finished manuscript I'm still thinking oh, should I go back and just like change oh it? my gosh yeah <laughs> good luck with that if you do <laughs> god no I I chose to do American English because I knew that my biggest market was America and I heard so many stories about British authors or Australian or South African or wherever um, kind of getting negative reviews saying, um, oh, there's loads of spelling mistakes in this or, you know, mm. I don't know. A lot of Americans don't like the way British people write. And I, I do feel like I've betrayed my betrayed my nationality a little bit. Oh. <laughs> um <laughs> So I am considering writing in British English, but I don't know if I've kind of lumped myself with American English now because, you know, my readers are going to expect that from me going forward. So I don't know. I think we'll see. If, if you're making, like, say, the, the change from YA to, like, NA or adult, I think it shouldn't, like, as long as you're not changing, like, partway through a series or something like that, I think it should be fine. At least that's yeah. my professional, unprofessional opinion. <laughs> We'll see. I have I have no idea. <laughs> oh, 
So what, what in the last couple of weeks um, writing-wise has gone really well for you? Oh, that's a challenging question because it all feels like it's gone a bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did a writing retreat last weekend where my parents had gone away for the weekend. So I went to stay in my parents' house just for the weekend. Uh, and um, I thought, you know, I'm going to get this book finished. And I didn't. It's just... I don't know, just, I just keep getting stuck on things, but what's, what's going well? The editing is going well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I work so well with my editor and um, yeah, they had some really positive things to say. So that really helps. I, I think I need that validation to be able to move forward. Like where they've said, oh my God, I love this part. And obviously not all of it's been positive. They've, mm. they've been real with me and said, this hasn't quite worked, but um yeah, just to have, I need that positivity to think, okay, I'm actually doing something right. I can carry on now. <laughs> mm. No, that's, that's why I love critique partners so much as well, because like, hey, hey, what up to Rianne? <laughs> she reads all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, and, and also Cam, because she's going to be uh, going through a, a further manuscripts of mine. I have three projects that I'm busy with at the moment. Mm. It's a lot, but they're at various stages. Um, I won't, if you don't mind, repeat everything because for the last two guests, I've gone through everything. No, that's <laughs> I'll, fine. I'll maybe tell you just now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, so it's it's nice to have someone to just bounce ideas off as well. It's uh, definitely helpful and just to kind of just gauge if you're on the right track. And I, I agree with you. It's, it's helpful to have just like the thumbs up and then you're like, okay, cool. I can I can move forward. Yeah. See, I've, I've never had critique partners Um or beta readers really, or beta readers as the Americans would call them. Mm. Um, with my first book, obviously I'd never written anything in my life. And so I, I sent it to a few of my, well, I sent the first seven chapters to a few of my friends who are just readers, they're not writers or anything. Mm. Um, and they were like, oh my God, I love it. I can't wait to read the whole thing. Um, and then I once got a beta reader from Instagram who basically ripped the whole thing apart. She was oh. a writer. I will not mention any names, but she, um, yeah, she basically told me to change the tense because it was in, um, not the tense, the, the it was in first person and she told me to change it to third person. I'm like, I've written a whole book. I've finished my book. Well, I'm not going back to change the whole thing. Yeah. And then she told me to start at a different point and delete like the first six pages. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing beta readers anymore. <laughs> Well, I think like, it's, it's just... not compulsory. So, like, if you feel that you, your your own going through the book and your editor is sufficient, then I mean, yeah, yeah. As long as you're happy with what comes out at the other end, that's you, the thing. Know. I've had yeah. quite good responses from my books, so I'm quite happy with my process. And that's the thing I find is that there's a lot of advice on how to write a book mm. and the steps you need to go through to write a book. And like, I'm I'm blowing them all out of the water at the moment by having half my book edited while I'm still writing the other well it's not quite half um but I just think you know writers are going to work differently mm. um everybody's different all the time it, yeah. you know you, you can't be expected to fit into a mold I mean that's the thing with writing and reading any kind of work of creativity is completely subjective yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the next couple of weeks. So what are you wanting to focus on? What are you? What tasks have you set for yourself in the next couple of weeks? 
just to finish my damn book <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait till it's finished and i'm not gonna lie i have been avoiding it a bit you know when you find loads of things to do around the house i've literally cleaned my house top to bottom decluttered everything emptied every freaking cupboard and cleared out the stuff i don't need i don't know it's just like i'm spring cleaning in the wrong season mm. i don't know um so i'm avoiding writing but no i want to get back into it and get into a routine of it mm. and uh obviously you know that i know rianne and i i follow her on instagram and i see her writing 500 600 words every day and i just i can't seem to bring myself to do it i'm i'm a I consider myself to be a zone writer, so I have to get into a zone and it takes me a little bit. But mm. once I'm in that zone, I can just write and write and write mm. um, most of the time. <laughs> um, but that's that's hard to do when you've got kids because they want to interrupt you to ask if they can have a snack or ask if they can do this or ask you a question or tell you something amazing that they've done on Minecraft or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really, the next couple of weeks, I have to get my book finished so that my editor has something to work on um, and then get it published because I'm excited to get the story out into the world. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I've never read your books personally, but in, as I said, in stalking you, um, I did have a, have a quick squiz and they look really, really interesting. So I'm definitely going to put them on my, on my to read list. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it was quite exciting. I had the first book um, put into a book box back in December, uh, the nerdy book box, which was so fun um, just to have, um, you know, stuff in the book box that's related to my book. And she designed a pin that was related to my book, like an enamel pin. And it was great. That is it. so I've exciting. Got mine. mine is coming. Yeah. She like oh. sprayed the edges of all the books as well. It was like it's like this blue green gradient it looks so cool oh, i think yeah. i saw pictures on your so that's instagram of, of that mm. yeah yeah oh that's yeah because so like, people are, i mean it's great for advertising because people have obviously bought these book boxes and they're making reels and tiktoks of them and you know mm. sharing it online and they do some really clever stuff so it's yeah hopefully going to be beneficial oh Put that on the on the bucket list definitely oh my goodness that sounds amazing um yeah. have you got any other interesting appointments or business that you need to take care of in the near future <laughs> no, just um just getting this book done and then being able to move on to new things i think i was talking to someone the other day saying that i've you know i've worked on this world for you know three years and I'm just kind of ready to do something new. And I do have other projects in the pipeline, um, stuff that I've started on, stuff that I've plotted out. Um, and my formatting book is the next thing on the list. But in the rest of life, I'm just focusing on home education, um, you know, trying to get my son into groups and, you know, make sure he spends time with other kids and not just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that kind of takes up a lot of my time. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and I think it's, it's great that you've been able to, um, I don't want to get off track too much because I know if I start, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> but um, I, it's something that I've definitely struggled with since my daughter was born is to try and balance being a mother and still being me uh, and still yep. kind of making space for my own dreams and my own goals and to kind of balance that out because 
the guilt is strong <laughs> on both accounts. Yep. Like when you're oh, momming, you're, you're momming, you feel guilty for 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 not working on your stuff, and when you're working on your stuff, you're feeling guilty for not being um, like being right there available for your children. And so it's oh yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. <laughs> it is hard, and my word for this year is balance. Um, I'm not convinced I will ever really achieve it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Just balancing life in general in, in where I spend my time. I think social media can suck up a lot of time, which mm. could be used better. Um, but balance in health and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, but it's it's tricky. And, you know, they do say that, you know, the kids become less demanding as they get older. And, yeah, it was fine when they went to school. Um, but, yeah, I wrote I wrote the Mirasols while they were at school mostly. Um, mm. But then you know, all the lockdowns happened. Mm. And so they were home a lot again. And then, yeah, the so home education thing so happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that your word for this year is balance. Um, I also yes. do like a, a word per year. I actually, I follow like, there's like a little plan that um, I got off my, uh, my Bible app, actually. It, it's called One Word. It's, yeah, they call it the one word. And um, so I've also been doing it for a long long time probably about six years at this point and um my word for this year is light so in both senses light as in light and darkness and light as in light and heavy um because i really felt that like i just needed to have a focus to make life not feel so heavy and dark because um in retrospect i probably did have a little bit of postnatal depression but now I'm feeling much better and I'm coming to try and change my mindset um, to not feel like everything is a slog because I felt a lot like that, especially after um, M kind of passed the point of just not being like a little squishy potato, you know, when she needs to <laughs> yeah. started needing more attention and interaction and that kind of thing. That is very draining. Um, especially for a child who craves so much of it. She's very, very social. Um, and not that I don't love spending time with her, but it is, it takes a lot of physical and emotional energy. So I'm trying to kind of shift the whole mindset this year in terms of, of that, which is... Yeah, no, I like that word. It's a good word. I do think there should be support groups for introvert mothers, though. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> it's hard. It, it, it is hard because it's and I, I'm already seeing how Emma is so much like my husband Ricardo he he is active he's always wanting to do things and be places and talk to people and I'm like I have for the most part labeled myself as an ambivert like yeah. just so but now I'm kind of like maybe I've just been a very well-disguised introvert <laughs> Well, there is such a thing as a social introvert, and I consider myself to be one of those in that, um, you know, the, the introvert label doesn't necessarily mean that you um, don't like to be around people, because I, I do. It just means that when you sp do spend time with people, you need time to yourself to recharge your batteries, mm. whereas extroverts get their batteries recharged by being with people. Um mm. So, you know, I'm still a social person. I like spending time with other people, but I need time to myself to be able to recharge. And when you're a mom, you don't always get much of that. <laughs> no, no, you do not. 
Um, should no. we move swiftly forward um, on to the fun stuff? So are you watching anything? Have you watched any interesting movies recently? Reading anything? Um, the most recent thing I watched was Foundation, which was on um, Apple Plus TV, whatever it's called, uh, which is a sci-fi series based on books by Isaac, someone or other. I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, but that series was really good. If anyone's into sci-fi, I highly recommend Foundation. Um, so good. So many cliffhangers, though. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's like the kind one. of thing that like satisfies you and makes you angry at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and especially when you don't know when the next thing's coming. It's mm. like, oh, it's so annoying. Um, I like to binge watch TV instead of wait mm. a week, wait a week, wait a week. I'm the um, same. I started, I started watching the Boba Fett um, series. I love sci-fi, who couldn't tell. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Boba Fett series on Disney+. Plus. Um, I started watching it thinking the whole thing was there, but it was only two episodes, and oh. I had to wait a week. And I was like, no! <laughs> But oh, to be fair, it's probably a good thing because I started watching it during that writing retreat when really I should have been writing. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I completely agree. You know, Rihanna and I are both we're in a complete agreement with you. I'd rather watch something or read something if it's a series, and like just watch it all at the same time. Like I have yeah. just finished. Uh, I'm going to call it binging, but realistically, I've watched it over the last like month or so. Um, Downton Abbey actually for the first yes. time oh i, I did that i did oh, that recently yeah i just just watched the last like the last 20 minutes of the last episode this morning while em was napping and i just thought oh you know what i actually really enjoyed it uh it's completely have you seen the movie though not yet i'm going to try well, and convince ricardo yeah. to watch it tonight <laughs> <laughs> do it yeah i'm really really looking forward to it it's and apparently there's another one coming out this year I, yes. I saw it somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Have you been reading anything recently? I struggle to read um, fiction whilst I am writing fiction. Mm. I don't know how many writers feel like that, but that's just me, which which makes it difficult. I did just finish um, Deadly Scars by Natalie J. Reddy, who is one of my indie author friends. Mm. And it's her series that starts with Hidden Scars, and that's an urban fantasy type thing and that was that was good um and for non-fiction i've been reading why has nobody told me this before <laughs> which is a great <laughs> which is a great title and it's a pretty book and oh, that's that by dr julie smith who's a british uh, psychologist and it's just like tools for life and it says everyday tools for life's ups and ups and downs which i think we all need <laughs> oh yes no definitely um I started Inkheart because when when they all came out, Inkheart and Ink Spell were out, but Ink Death was not. And so mm -hmm. I've started from the beginning again. I'm not really feeling into it though. I think I might find something else to read. Um, and as far as nonfiction goes, I'm reading a parenting book called Heart Shaped Parenting. So yeah, other than that, That's good. Yeah, that is, that's all I've, I've been reading. And now that I'm finished Downton Abbey, I've got to watch the movie and try and find something else to watch. <laughs> I mean, I I go through phases of reading. Um, I've, ov I've obviously always loved to read, but I don't always love to read. Does that make sense? Like I that go through phases of reading. That makes sense. I'm the same. <laughs> and I find yeah. like in, 
it's like when you're younger it's, it's so much easier to find time to read but like now I feel like I have uh, it how do I put this I feel like when I do have time to read I feel like I should be doing something else yeah that, and that's the thing and so when you're younger it's not that you have more time to read necessarily I mean you might do mm. but it's that you have less things to distract you from reading there you go and yeah you know, when, when I'm sitting reading, like you say, I do feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I should quickly do that bit of housework or I should be writing my own book or I should be yeah. <laughs> doing something that's going to make money somehow. I don't know. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tricky, but I go through phases of, uh, I'm a bit of a gamer. So I go through gaming phases where all I want to do is game. And mm. then I go through TV phases where all I want to do is binge watch series. And then I go through phases where I just want to read all the time. And it just, it just changes. And, um, like I said about, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Rianne again. She's going to listen to this and be like, oh, you're talking about me. Um, <laughs> I see her on Instagram kind of doing little bits of all of those things. So I she'll know. watch some TV and she'll read some and she'll do some gaming. And I'm like, I just, I'm just such an all or nothing person. I don't know if it's. I'm the same. It's like, oh, this is, it's, this is okay. It's incredibly bizarre how much we have in common now i feel like i'm like i'm on an internet date we have so much in common i'm sorry we're both married so um... yeah no dang it uh no it's it's um it is i'm the same because i'm if 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 someone is so committed to this this podcast that they actually watch every Listen yeah, to every watch, single. They listen to, yeah, yeah, they listen to every <laughs> single episode. They also know I'm the same. Like, uh, like the other day, I uh, read two books back to back, like in three days, and then uh, like a year ago, all I was doing was playing The Sims. <laughs> like, oh, I love The it. Sims. Oh, The <laughs> Sims is great. Oh, I must <laughs> say, I, I can't really call myself a gamer because The Sims is pretty much the only computer game that I actually play. But um, yeah, I also I go through phases as well where I'm, I'm doing this or I'm doing this and maybe I just need to accept that about myself and not try and work on so many things at once. <laughs> I think so, because everyone's brain's different. Um, you know, like, like with writing, everyone does it differently. Everyone's allowed to do life differently. Yeah, and if we true. want our gaming phases, why not? Doesn't hurt anyone. Exactly, exactly. It hurts productivity a little bit, but <laughs> that's true. That's true. And actual fact, I was thinking to myself, yes, was it yesterday? I don't know. Time has no meaning. Um, that I think, because at one stage, what I used to do is actually put my phone on charge in the lounge, and so I only take my Kindle into the bedroom before bed, and so I I get that reading time in, uh, as well as the time that I spend with Ricardo if we're watching TV or whatever the case might be. Um, so I think I might actually start doing that again because I feel like I don't really having a, a small child I don't need an alarm anymore <laughs> so oh, that's true <laughs> so I think just popping my phone on charge here in the lounge just making it a rule excuse me yep. um, maybe I'll get more right uh, reading in that way probably probably a good thing there's just a lot to distract from reading there's life life gets busy it is it's true and sometimes it's just easier to just zone out and just scroll through instagram or watch trash youtube <laughs> yep <laughs> so easily well, done 
Sorry, I've just realized it's, it's 20 past already. Should we move on to our actual meat of the, of the episode, which is um, yes. what you need to know about formatting. And as I said before, this is an area that I have little to no experience in. So let us know. I mean, don't give away your whole book, but just a little bit. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> so I'll explain how I got into formatting first. Um, sure. When I self-published my first book, The Mirror Souls, um, I had to figure out what I could do for myself and what I had to pay other people to do. Mm. I did try and make a cover myself, <laughs> which was hilariously awful. We never talk about it again. Um, so I got myself a cover designer. Obviously I knew I needed a, an editor. Um, but when I looked at formatting, I was like, you know what? I reckon I can do this myself. And I did it myself and I did it pretty well. It wasn't perfect because it was the first book I'd ever produced, but um, you know, it looked good because I have an eye for graphic design. I always mm. have. And um, yeah, so when I when people got my book, especially my indie author friends, they were like, oh, my goodness, I love your book. You know, have, have you considered, you know, doing it for other people? I was like, mm, yeah, if they pay me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided to start um, even Starbucks design and start formatting for other people, um, which I really enjoyed because holding your book in your hands for the first time is an amazing feeling as as many authors will know hmm. and to have a book that looks like it had been traditionally published professional you know with pretty pictures and stuff I love a good pretty picture in a book oh, yes. and a nice map yes um, love the maps <laughs> all the maps um, just just to just to be able to bring that for other authors was was great and obviously earning money doing it that way helped me finance, you know, my own publishing journey because mm. it ain't cheap. <laughs> no, it's um, <is> not. <laughs> so yeah, I've spent, so I started that in 2019. So I spent the past couple of years formatting many, many, many books and learning lots along the way. Um, but the, the problem I found is that, you know, a lot of people who are self-publishing can't afford to pay a formatter because they've already paid a cover designer. They've already paid an editor. It's just like mm. another cost I mean some people can afford it but there are plenty who can't so I decided that I was going to try and write a book to help people not make the same mistakes that I see happen across self-published books all the time um, and help them understand how to make a book look good inside not just on the outside mm. um, so I'm currently writing the book formatting formula um, which will be out this year for definite exciting sign me up it's, for that one definitely yes it's not necessarily going to be a complete step-by-step -step guide on how to format um i know that's what a lot of people want but i feel like that kind of thing is best done on video mm -hmm. um and there are plenty of like courses showing you how to do that i'm tempted to make my own it just depends on whether i can find the time and the energy um, but yeah, I really wanted to write a book kind of explaining how I make books look good and what looks good and what doesn't and, mm. and why these things are important. Uh, and just kind of um, making the formatting world a bit more understandable. There's just there's just a lot that people don't understand, mm. like margins and, you know, bleed trim. And people are like, what does that even mean? Mm. So I just wanted to find a way to help people. Um, and pass on the knowledge that I've learned over the past three years, really. Hmm. I know you touched on this um, in your interview with Rianne, 
but uh, what would you say is for for an indie author let's say somebody who can't afford to pay a formatter um, what software do you think or combination of softwares is the best to use okay so this will be controversial <laughs> because i've I've been told that I'm wrong, but I don't agree. I formatted my books in Microsoft Word from start okay. to finish. That's all I used, um, apart from using Photoshop for images and things like that. Um, it's it's doable. It's not always easy because Microsoft Word is not set up to be book publishing software, you know, mm. um, but it's 100% doable. I've done it. Um, and I don't think you can tell much of a difference between my books that I've done in Word and the books that I formatted for other people, which I've done in Adobe InDesign. Mm. Um, now, Adobe InDesign is the you know gold standard of software to use mm. for this kind of thing, but it costs a fair bit of money and it is a steep learning curve. Um, mm. If you're well-versed in Adobe products like Photoshop, et cetera, it might be a bit easier for you, but still it's, it's tricky and I've had you know, friends try it and then come to me going, I don't understand this. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so it's hard. Uh, so I would say, yes, you can do it in Word. I know that other people even do it in Google Docs. Um, I can't imagine how, but I'm sure it's doable. <laughs> but the you've got two other options. You've got Vellum. I'm sure most self-published authors have heard of mm. Vellum. Um, which is a plug and play software where you drop your manuscript in and it will go to do, 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 and sort it out for you, which is great. However, it's only available on Mac um, and not Windows. Um, you can get around that by using a Mac emulator on Windows, but obviously you need to be tech savvy for that. Mm. And uh, it costs a fair bit of money, so it, it does put some people off. But the new kid on the block is a piece of software called Atticus which okay. is um, created by the guy who does the Kindlepreneur website. Don't oh, okay. ask me his name. I can't remember. Dave Chesson. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. um, Atticus is both writing software and formatting software. So you Ooh. can write your novel in Atticus. Um, it's brand new. So there's new features being added to it all the time. And then you can literally use those words and just go to the format section and it will put it in a book for you. And you can do all sorts of good stuff and whilst whilst it is still under development and things are still being tweaked and worked out it is something i would recommend because it's you know accessible anywhere because it's web-based software oh. um so you don't need a mac for it <laughs> and yeah. it's cheaper than vellum so oh, yeah so good. that's those are my recommendations <laughs> excellent and if if you are it uh editing formatting your own book what would you say is kind of the the biggest mistake that you see um like new authors make and and what would you do to remedy it um, a lot of the biggest mistakes i i see are the easiest to fix and it's just not it's just a lack of understanding around um spacing the, the way words should be spaced so in books um, your text needs to be justified which means it's lined up on the left and it's lined up on the right mm. and a lot of books I see are only lined up on the left so you have this jagged edge down the side and whilst people might think um, does it really matter that much all these things added up um, you know 
go towards readability of your book. And that's important because you don't want people being pulled out of the story by yeah. by the way your words are spaced. You'd be surprised how much of an effect it has on readability. Um, and no, the other I one agree. is when... As a reader, yeah. I can completely say that it, it definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Um, the other one is when people leave gaps in between paragraphs. Um, with nonfiction books, that's what I do. I leave a gap between each paragraph. It's fine for nonfiction, but for fiction, there shouldn't be a gap between paragraphs. You should have your paragraphs indented to show mm. that it's a new paragraph. Um, again, it's one of those things that, that you know might seem obvious, but when you're trying to do it yourself and your software kind of automatically puts a gap between paragraphs, you might mm. not really give it much thought, but every time there's a gap after a paragraph, your brain naturally pauses mm. and you don't want that. You want a flow of reading. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're probably the main ones. And then like leap, putting your lines too close together or too far apart. It's like, um, you know, with, with Microsoft Word, for example, you've got single line spacing and you've mm. got 1.5 and you've got double. Uh, they're all wrong. You can't use any of those. <laughs> so, one, so single is too close. Um, 1.5 is too far apart. Um, you, need to, you need to change it to be able to make it exactly the right, the right mm. way to do it. And why always... <laughs> Exactly. Um, and what I tell people to do is to grab um, a traditionally published book that they like the look of, that they think looks good mm. and try and copy the way it looks. You know, mm. look at what you've done on your screen, um, spacing wise, font size wise, you know, the spacing of like of like where the, the gap between your chapter title and your the start of your body text, you know, all of that kind of stuff adds up to the way a book looks. Um, so I always say, go look at, I mean, what I did was I went to my local library and I just went through the YA book section just to see how they were designed inside. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's what I did to figure out how books should look. <laughs> Let's talk about fonts. Now, how would you go about picking a font? Cause this is something that I've wasted far too much brain space on and I'm not even at that stage yet. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you pick a font? Um, I like I love seeing books that have a, a different something that's slightly different, other than like say Times New Roman or whatever the case might be. And but I also feel like you can also go a little bit too far as well with like a something that's almost too different. And again, as you yep. said, it pulls you out of the text. So how do you go about choosing the font that's right for your story? Well, first of all, I have an entire chapter on fonts in the book formatting formula. Um, I could write a whole book on fonts. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I just have a passion for this kind of thing. Who knows? <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, how how to choose a font. Yeah, you're right. It's about readability again. Um, I shuddered when you mentioned Times New Roman because <laughs> there are certain fonts, and I list them in my book, that are so overused. Um, when people see them, it's just an automatic turn off. Um, okay. first of all, the one thing I want to point out is the difference between serif and sans serif fonts. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people know the difference, but a serif font has the little, you know, top tops and bottoms on oh, the letters. Yes, the little so like thingies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. little doikies. I, there is a word for that. We'll call them doikies. <laughs> it's great. Um, but like on the bottom of a P, you know, you have yeah. a, a little tiny line kind of thing. Yeah. So that's a serif font and that is far easier to read in print 
than a sans serif font something like you know comic sans serif everyone mm -hmm. knows that font right mm -hmm. um that doesn't have those winky bits um <laughs> so yeah you should always choose a serif font for your uh body text um it's, a it's actually quite interesting because the the non-fiction book that i mentioned earlier has a um sans serif font for most of it and then a serif for their titles and it's just it's really weird to read um <laughs> that sans serif fonts should be left for screens, serif fonts should be for print, so. Let's, uh, just out of curiosity, I have uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in front of me here. Let's have a look at, okay, yeah, this one has got serif, oh, yeah, it has serif for the body, and let's find the chapter heading, because the, um, the Hunger Games books were the same, yeah. Yeah. And so it's got yeah. the same type, chapter titles as the Hunger Games books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. pretty much every, every fiction book you pick up will have serif fonts traditionally published. Um, I dare someone to find a fiction book that is written in serif because I bet you won't find one. Um, but obviously a lot of um, self-published authors might not know that. They might not know and they might just pick a font that they like. And actually you can't just do that. Um, one thing I would recommend is if you have a lot of italics in your book or like sections of italics, just mm. like check your fonts to see if you like the italics in that font because mm. they can be very different and they can sometimes be hard to read. Like Garamond, for example, is a font that a lot of people use and the italics in Garamond are actually quite difficult to read. Um, so things like that. But yeah, I mean, I will also have a list of uh, fonts that I recommend in the book formatting formula. Brilliant. So kind of ones for people to try out. And uh, I explain about the licensing of fonts because you can't just download any old font off the internet and use it in your book because it could be a licensing issue. Um, but yeah, fonts, feel like fonts are fun for me. These days. <laughs> yeah, oh no, it is. Um, but yeah, what I'd say regarding fonts is that less is more. Um, you know, if it say you have, you know, the word chapter four at the top mm -hmm. and then you have your characters POV, say you've got different character POVs mm -hmm. for each chapter um, underneath that. And then you've got, you know, your book starting with a drop cap and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. If you use too many fonts, so you have a different font for each of those three or four things, it's going to be too busy. It's going to be too much. So I always say less is more mm. for sure. So rather use the same font, but a different uh, size. Yes. Mm. That is a very good um, tip. And also save your creativity for the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You need to, need to, like you said, less is more on the inside. Um, yeah. So, uh, again, harking back to the original episode that you were on, uh, Rianne said your chapter titles in Mirror Souls were a, a, a work of art. Can you tell stunning. us how you kind Absolutely of stunning. Came, like, came up with it? What, what was your thought process with that? Uh, I wanted something spacey. <laughs> I love, well, okay, I love the night sky. Um, you know how some people just love the stars and the moon. That's me. I could me just too. stand out. Yeah, <laughs> I could just stand outside there for hours and just like look up at the sky. Mm. Um, it's not just the night sky; it's the day sky as well. I just love mm. the sky. Now, what a weird thing to say about yourself, <laughs> but still, um, <laughs> I just, you know, 
I just wanted that kind of feeling to my book because of, you know, the story. And so I came up with this dark design with white text on it. And that's mm. that's all I did, really. And um, I just found uh, these these mountains with stars above it that I put in the mirror souls. And yeah, just a, f a full page of that with white text over the top. And it looked pretty good. And then for my second book, I had a um, well, I have it's still in the book is a, a view from a spaceship window out into space um with obviously the white text over it again and yeah i think it looks pretty good the only thing i'd kind of mentioned to people about having a full dark page like that mm. is that when you get them printed with kdp or ingram spark sometimes they're not printed properly so you end mm. up with like a white line at the top or a white line at the bottom they're just they're not as good at lining stuff up as they say they are <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit uh, finicky in that regard yeah i tend to um i tend to avoid full dark pages these days because of that even though it looks really good um and i'm gonna have to do it with my third book obviously to follow the trend yeah. it is frustrating when um they're not quite printed right I suppose the pros are that they, they look stunning on, on Kindle and other um, e-readers. Well, you can't do the full dark page on Kindle. Can't you? No. Oh, that's no, awful. Because it, does, it doesn't work like that because because e-books are, um, oh, what's the word? This isn't the word, but they're adjustable so that you can zoom in and zoom out and have mm. the text bigger and the text smaller. Oh, yes, so yes. you wouldn't be able to, so unless you did just a pdf convert where you can't zoom in and all you can mm. see is that one page um yeah you can't do it oh that's so, so sad <laughs> i know well i'm just gonna have to get print copies of your books now that's i'm fine. so sorry it'll, it'll be a birthday <laughs> present or something <laughs> yeah fine. no go for it i don't have a problem with that at all <laughs> <laughs> oh that's excellent and i i see we're almost at time so I want to say thank you so much. I know it's been it's quite rapid progression of, of discussion here, but thank you yeah. so much for for being on the podcast again and and for giving us all the knowledge. It's definitely I've been soaking it up like a sponge. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. <laughs> and with that, listeners, we will leave you. Um, thank you so much for listening, and I will leave Julia's links all in the description box below. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you another day. Bye.